want you to think about a time when someone said something to you that totally made your day. We were up in Duluth a couple weeks ago visiting some friends, a former colleague of ours, and one of our former colleagues uh, was sharing with me just about how my teaching was still impacting her today. She shared specific stories of how it was making a difference in her life. And I was so touched because this is a person who has studied under N.T. Wright. Now, if you don't know who N.T. Wright is, he's one of the most famous theologians of our day. So, like, you know, I pale in comparison to him. Uh, but she was singing my praises, and I walked away so encouraged. And, you know, words have the power to do that. Words have the power to encourage, to inspire hope, to bring healing. But words also have the power to harm, to hurt, and to humiliate others. And you know, the Bible has a lot to say about our words. And the Bible would agree that words have this powerful effect on us. Just looking at through scripture and doing a search on Google, there are literally hundreds of verses that talk about our words. In Proverbs chapter 12, verse 18, it says, The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongues of the wise bring healing. 15.4 says, The soothing tongue, I knew I was going to do that, The soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. 16.24, gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. And 18.21, the tongue has the power of life and death. And those who love it will eat its fruit. And these are just a small selection from one book in the Bible. These word pictures help us to understand that words are important, they make an impact, they have power to bring healing and power to hurt. And I'm confident that everyone has had that experience somewhere along the line where words come out of your mouth and you immediately regret what you said. And I'm hopeful that you've also had the opposite experience. We just sort of thought about that time when somebody said something that made your day. Maybe it was something funny. Maybe it was something about you, a compliment. And so we know that words can do both of these things. And we're in this series, as we saw on the video, about control, self-control, and all of these places in our lives that can get messy. And, you know, all of us have some of these things that we're talking about. We kind of have them under control. But there are other places, and I think words is one of those places that's kind of a mixed bag for all of us. And we all have places, things in our lives that we just don't have control over. So we're going to talk about, about today what happens when our words get messy. We're going to be in the book of Luke, uh, chapter 6. If you want to open up a Bible and join us or grab a mobile Bible device and uh, open it up to Luke chapter 6, we're going to be in verse 43 through 45. This is uh, from the Sermon on the Mount. This is Jesus' most famous teaching 
that he has. And a lot of it is talking about how we relate to God and how we relate to one another. And in the section that we're in today, Jesus is focusing in on how we relate to one another. And there are four different famous word pictures that help us think about how we can relate to one another. And we're going to focus on one of them, the tree and its fruit. So, verse 43, hopefully I gave you enough time to get there, otherwise it is on the screen, you can follow along. No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. So let's pause here. Jesus is talking to an agrarian society. So they understand some of these things. But today, we're not in an agrarian society, and I, for one, am not particularly a green thumb. But my family has started do, to do some gardening this spring, and by my family, I mostly mean my wife and my daughter. But back in March, we planted some seeds in some garden boxes that we're going to put on our deck this summer when it finally warms up enough. And some of those have turned into some really beautiful plants, but some of them have not come up yet. It's June, for those of you watching online later. So we've replanted, we've put some new things down. We also planted some from kind of some saplings, I guess, I don't know what you call them, some starters. There you go, see it, thank you. Uh, again, not a green thumb. Uh, so we had some starters, we got, it, we got them started, and you know, one of those turned brown. The leaves turned brown, and shortly thereafter, it died. So what did we do? We ripped it out and put a new starter in. And why I tell you that is because even my family doesn't know how to garden, can tell when a plant isn't coming up and when it's dead, right? Those of you who do garden, you know these things, unlike me. Also, we have an apple tree in our front yard, and I wouldn't go to the backyard for our other trees to pick apples, right? It's fairly obvious, and that's Jesus' point in this passage. We can tell, even me, even I can tell when a plant is doing well and when it is not doing well. Even I know the difference between an apple tree and our maple tree in the back. So Jesus uses this analogy to compare to humans. In verse 45, it says, A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Now, the heart was thought to be kind of the center of one's spiritual existence and physical existence. And today, we might call it our mind or our soul. Maybe we would use the word character or essence. And the fruit that Jesus is talking about probably is best described by what we've used as our key passage in this series. This whole series came out of this idea of how are we doing with the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, or forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and the last of which is self-control. And in our annual survey, we, talked, we asked everybody to fill out, 
hey, how are you doing on the fruit of the Spirit? And self-control was the one that we said, ugh, I need some help. So that's how this series came to be. And we've talked about the fact that that word in Galatians 5, uh, verses 22 and 23, that word for fruit is singular. So you don't get to choose which ones you want to do and which ones you want to ignore. Fruit is all of them. So the implication of these things is really simple. We can put the two together. Your true character will be reflected by the words in your mouth, the words that come out of your mouth. So in this, Jesus, in this statement, Jesus gives us one part of a litmus test for how we are doing in demonstrating our fruit that we have in our lives. And so the question for us to wrestle with today is, what kind of tree are you? What kind of tree would you say your character is producing? Would you say you're a thorn or a fig tree? Are you a briar or a grapevine? And maybe more importantly than what kind of tree do you think you are, what kind of tree do other people think you are based on the words that come out of your mouth? If you don't know or you don't have an idea and you need some help, you might need to ask somebody. But here's the thing about asking people. You need to be ready for them to be honest with you, which is really hard. And if you've hurt some people in the past with your words, they're going to be less likely to be honest with you. So you're going to have to do some work to make space for them to be honest with you. And if you're in any position of power, I'll just warn you, it's even harder for people to be honest with you about how you're doing. So you're going to have to work harder to find out, how do my words impact other people? So if knowing how our words impact people is one aspect of us getting control over our words, the other is storing up good in our heart, in our character, in our essence. So how do we store up good in our hearts? What does it look like for us to put good things into our being? Well, there's a saying in sports that we have. Maybe you've heard it before. How you practice is how you're going to play the game. Does this sound familiar for any of you athletes out there? How you practice is how you play the game. And I think that's true for us in our words. How we practice our words is how we're going to play the game of life with our words. And so we've talked a little bit in this series about some things that we want to encourage in terms of things that would happen on a regular basis or a daily basis in our lives. So we talked about this idea of having a daily connection with God. This is something where I think if we are focusing on our words, we could consider reading any number of these passages that talk about our words. There are hundreds of them in the Bible. You could go through and read one in the morning, and then in the evening you could reflect on how did I do at living out that value that Scripture is talking about. Some examples would be in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 19. Truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. 
You could ask yourself, how am I doing at speaking the truth in love? I find this particularly hard around those that I love because I don't want to hurt them. But unless I'm willing to be truthful, they're not going to learn about the ways that their words have impacted me. So sometimes it's difficult to deliver that difficult word, that hard word, but that's part of truth speaking. Another one uh, comes from Proverbs 17.9. Whoever covers an offense seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates close friends. And this is talking about gossip. So one of the things that I like to think about for myself is if this person were in the room with me, would I say that thing about them? If not, you might be gossiping and you might need to hold your tongue and keep that in. One of my favorites comes from Ephesians chapter 4, uh, verse 29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. This is a common phrase in our household as we talk with our children. Does that build the other person up? It's a litmus test for us to think about, is this a word that I should say? Am I building another person up? And sometimes I'm going to criticize you because I love you, and that is building you up. But sometimes I need to hold that back because that's not helpful right now. So think about that. Does this help build someone else up? And then sometimes I think this last one can help us out. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 27 says, Whoever restrains their words has knowledge, and the one who has a cool spirit is a person of understanding. Sometimes the best thing to do, just keep your mouth quiet. You don't need to say it. So if daily connection with God is one of those pieces, we could, you could read one of those or any number of the um, passages in Scripture, do a search on Google for words uh, in the Bible, and you'll find tons of passages. You could read any of those. You could spend a whole week in one if you're really struggling with one in particular and just every day reflect on that. The second part of that would be that we have this daily confession so as we reflect at the end of the day on how we're doing with our words, we can confess to God the ways that we have maybe hurt somebody, maybe that we have done something that has offended somebody. And I think this is particularly helpful as we think about our world today, as we think about you know, racism, sexism, and all the different isms in our world. Sometimes we can say something where we don't even realize that we've done something, said something that's hurt somebody else. And we can confess that to the Lord when it comes to our attention. And that really builds our relationships with one another. It helps to build trust. Because we're all going to screw up at some point in time. I'm going to say something at some point that's going to hurt you. And you can tell me that. And then hopefully I can hear that and I can apologize for that. So daily connection, daily confession. And then the last one is submission. In all of these areas, we want to submit ourselves to Jesus, to the one who showed us how to live in right relationship with others, showed us how to bring up hard things and, and tr speak truth, but also how to love others and to restore others, 
In all of these issues of self-control, often it's an issue of us submitting ourselves to God and truly trusting God in these areas to guide us. So if you want to grow in, in controlling your words, you know, we've got these two parts. Knowing how your words impact others, and that's going to require some reflection. It's going to require asking others. And then storing up good. Thinking about the spiritual practices and habits that we have that will help us to become people who are using our words in such a way that we build others up. I remember uh, at the beginning I was sharing about one of my former colleagues uh, who was singing my praises about how I had impacted her life with my teaching. I was so grateful for that. But I was also grateful for a time when she taught me something that I will never forget. She was a student leader at the time. Uh, we were at a spring leadership camp. And I was actually talking with another student leader, and she overheard me telling that student, you are the most mature student on our student leadership team. Oops. She gave me the gift of coming to me later and telling me that she had overheard me, not because she was trying to listen to me. She had just been passing by. And I was trying to encourage that other student. The other student was really wrestling with her own self-confidence. And I thought in saying something, because she had been a part of a missionary family. She had done all of these amazing things. She had seen amazing works of God in her life. She had seen answers to prayer. I thought in saying, all of that gives you this maturity that I would encourage her. I had not thought at all about the fact that I made that comparison that somebody else might hear that and I would hurt them. She gave me the gift of telling me that and I was able to apologize and I realized in that moment I didn't need to make the comparison. I could have just said, all of those experiences that you had mean that you are a very mature person. No comparison needed. And I think for all of us, we need people in our lives that are willing to say those sorts of things to us. And we need to remember that our words have so much power. They can change a person's life. In fact, a 21st century Jewish rabbi had this to say. Words are singularly the most powerful force available to humanity. We can choose to use this force constructively with words of encouragement or destructively for words of despair. Words have energy and power with the ability to help, to heal, to hinder, to hurt, to harm, to humiliate, and to humble. Let's pray. Jesus, we use our words every day. We talk to people, and there are times in our lives where sometimes intentionally, because we're hurt and angry, and sometimes unintentionally, we can say something that hurts our brother or our sister, that hurts another. And Lord, you call us in your commands to love you and to love others. We need help in both of those. We need your Holy Spirit to come on us, to guide us, to help us to practice habits 
of speaking words of kindness and love to others. Would you be with us? Would you help us to be people who live out your word with our words? Amen.